Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. you're about to hear a live episode uh the creature from the black lagoon and my guests are christopher r mim and michael cross the audio uh quality of this is not great because it was recorded live i did try to take out some of the deafening um air conditioner you hear in the background so i did my best with what we had to work with um but yeah i hope you enjoy it you may have to turn the volume of this episode up kind of loud uh but yeah go ahead enjoy Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm Lisa, and this is I Love That Movie. And uh, you can catch me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast, also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast. And you can support us on Patreon. Uh, Support them on Patreon. Please, no. I do. (laughs) Yeah, you do, Michael. You're actually one of my top patrons. Uh, And I want to recognize all of them right now Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, Michael Cross. And Joseph George, thanks guys for keeping the lights on. And if you need any swag, we've got a Teespring. We've also got a Discord and a Facebook group. Um, and we have a website now. Sweet. Hooray! I love that movie podcast.com. Entering Please. 1997. I know. It's GeoCities. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I have. Today we're. You it know, only takes 20 minutes to load. Right. It's not this bad. is true. It, Probably does. It's Squarespace now. That's like the new. <laughs> That's the new that, that is, Well, it you cost money, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> easy templates that I love. Not dissing Squarespace. By Wix. <laughs> um, That's the other thing I can think of. Yeah. Well, I've got two guests with me here today. I've got Michael Cross, as already mentioned, and then I've also got Christopher Armin. Say hi, Christopher. Hello. And uh, you know my guest. That's my podcast podcast voice so different hello how are you today <laughs> why would we know who christopher R. Mim is? i don't know um were you gonna do the introduction or should i totally just give my spiel go ahead all right you have the floor um, hello everyone uh, i am a filmmaker an indie filmmaker and i specialize in cheesy 1950s style b movies basically new old good bad movies um i've made 15 of them and i got more coming so uh i'm, I'm sort of i guess almost an expert on this the genre of film i think you qualify i don't like to think of myself as an expert in anything but i'll take it well you appointed yourself i yeah i mean i don't like to think of myself (laughs) that way but i totally am i'm very modest just going sorry go ahead okay michael now you oh me yeah no one knows who i am uh, I'm Michael Cross. I am just kind of a fixture who hangs around. People know me as Alfred, and I support Christopher R. Mim. Right. He's I one, love his good, he's bad, one of my number one movies. Patreons. Yes. There you go. Yeah, and you both have been on the podcast quite a bit. So yes. So we've done this a, a few times. times. Yeah. Well, what movie did you guys pick today? Because the guest always picks the movie. That would be The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. So one of the greatest films 
of the 1950s. 1954, yeah. 1954. So uh, why don't we go around the room? When did you guys first see this film? And I'll go last. I know I saw it several times as a kid. Um, one of the things uh, I always talk about with, as to... And this kind of ties into why I make the kinds of movies I do is uh, people ask, you know, why cheesy 50s movies? You're, you're not that old, uh, and I'm not. Uh, but it's because I sort of grew up on that. My dad was um, a big fan of cheesy old movies, and, you know, he, was, he would rent movies and we'd watch them together as a kid, and a lot of them were bad 50s films. Well, this one is not a bad 50s film. It's a 50s film, but it's not bad. It's, it's fantastic. So the first time I probably saw it was probably as a kid at least a dozen times. Uh, and then I've, I since make a point usually to watch it at least once a year. Sure. Uh, in the summers. I'm from Minnesota, so in the summer you have to spend summer outside because that week is amazing. Uh, <laughs> and so we do like a backyard drive-in kind of thing where Aww. we just set up a, a, a screen and a projector and watch movies. And, and the, the creature, well, trilogy is always on the menu every year. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Michael? Uh, I would have seen this on TV. Uh, I grew up in Southern California when there was only three networks. But being a big market, L.A., we had extra channels, and they would show horror films. Usually at night, we had a horror host. Vincent was our local guy, and he would show this film all the time because it's oh, okay. really one of the best of that genre Absolutely. of film. And so that's probably where I saw it first. And now my story. I saw this because you guys requested it. <laughs> <laughs> and I loaned you the DVDs. You did. Yeah. So, they, so, really so this is all fresh them. in your mind. It is. It's very fresh. And right. so some of the thoughts that I have on it are going to be like, oh, that reminds me of this and things like that. So from a different perspective. So I, I think like. then the first question should be, what'd you think? Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, so, you know, so would you say you love that movie? I would say that I love that movie. All right. Um, All right. It was very engaging. And it's something that I do tell like a lot of newer viewers that say things like, oh, I don't like old movies or, oh, if it's black and white, then, I, you know, it's like you have to watch these movies, though, because everything you love comes from these films. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a lot of them really are very fresh to where they age really well. Oh, yeah. Casablanca is black and white. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the greatest films there's of a lot all of, time. There's yeah. a lot of films that are black and white that are fantastic yeah you know? I mean, like Roma your favorite movie oh I love that movie it's, <laughs> it's, it's so fast paced you know it's like it's like oh it's going too quickly it's like Mad Max Fury Road but it, right. is the mic picking up the sarcasm I don't know uh, I, wasn't I sure. feel like okay. it is Fury Road's got nothing on Roma <laughs> well I, I usually share like a couple quick facts Please and actually, do. we have uh, Gordon K. Smith in our audience who was on my E.T. episode, and he sent me a few facts. So nice. I'm actually oh, going to use cool. his facts. Um, the first one is uh, there is a controversy among film historians that uni's makeup maestro Bud Westmore stole the credit for it. And the first time the creature was seen by the public was on an Abbott and Costello TV show as a promo for the film. Mm. Nuts. I've seen that. <laughs> the Good. promo? The promo. Oh, really? really? Yeah, yeah. Is it on like the DVD or no? Uh, Is it too controversial? I think I think I saw it online somewhere where it's it was just over Yeah, it was oh, on okay. YouTube. It's just <laughs> a Actually, they did Anna Costello where then I saw Nicole Gay comedy. Yeah, yeah. Was oh, this okay. before yeah. they had done any of their movies like uh, Abby Costello oh, meet Frankenstein or yeah. it was after yeah. those? Okay. Cuz they did meet Frankenstein for Gay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Down the row of Universal Monsters, they were still doing that shtick. So in the, in that scene, 
first they, they run into Frankenstein monster and Wolfman and then Creature, which is the first time the public got to see him. Now, I'm not sure if anyone's was hearing this. <laughs> no, so, I, I'm worried the audience no, is not it. hearing what, yeah. he's, what he's saying. And he's saying, yes, this was done in like 48 with uh, Abbott and Costello. So it's before the film even came out. Right. That they were starting to... Well, uh, they Abbott, were starting Abbott and Costello the, meet Frankenstein was 48. Was 48. And then yeah. so it was still 53, 54 before the movie yeah. came out. That right. they then introduced the creature. And really, creature is the last of the but this is Universal be, Monsters. This is before Universal had started right. selling out their classic right. monsters right. to right. comedy films and such right. like that. Which... Kind of cheap in them, but this was really a revival. Although, this is the last great. Although I, I do have to say that Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is not a bad movie. No, I no, mean, no. I'm is, not saying is, they're a bad movie. But it is. It is. They a, had it is sold nice their monsters right. off to comedy, but this is probably the last great. The last great monster. one, right? Because the really, it's the creature is is more or less the last Universal monster. If you don't include what the Metaluna mutant. Who? From uh, the... No, I know they, exactly what you're talking yeah, about. from... Right? from uh, uh, the creature is the last great right, universal this monster. Island Earth, it's like that. the Metalunum yeah. Mutant is cool in design, but the movie it was in was not yeah. great. He was the but last But it's a good movie if you monster. like that kind of thing. The last non-monster on the campus? Not so much. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no. I think we rolled the, uh, the second one you had about the Colgate Comedy Hour. So the last one you had was about Millicent Patrick, who worked on the design of the creature being from El Paso, Texas. Ooh. And she kind of gets eclipsed a little bit because uh, she didn't work on the prosthetics. A lot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they forget. But she was beautiful, so she was on the you know tour promoting the film, but then in retrospect, they kind of forgot about her. What, wasn't there also a, a book or a documentary that came out recently about her in particular? Oh, okay. Yeah, a book last year that's, that uh, I haven't read yet, but everyone I know who has says it's worth the read. And it's, I mean... It's like anything, especially even in Hollywood still, where it's like women get eclipsed for their, their things. But back then, it's obviously even 10 million times worse. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, now it's only, I don't know, 2 and, million and times And you'll get worse. Stephanie to read that, too. Right, 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 right. right. Okay. Yeah. No, so it's, um, yeah, uh, it's everything I've heard about that book is it's, it's definitely worth reading. Nice. Um, so that's what I had. And then I don't know if you guys want to talk a little bit about Jack Arnold, the director. You know, he did... He also directed It Came From Outer Space, The Incredible Shrinking Man, and Tarantula. Ah, I love Tarantula. Yeah. He's a great genre director. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He, yeah. In fact, he, if they had given him other films, he probably would have done very well at them. Well, yeah, and I think even the ones you read right there, It Came yeah. From Outer Space, that's a that's a cool movie in that it's not the same kind of... Uh, I know we're not talking about that, but that one in particular, his movies didn't always... That genre of films tend to be, uh, most of them tend to follow a lot of the same formulas, and there's not a lot of, there's only so many stories they tell, right? Yeah. And they all kind of either end the same or whatever. It Came From Outer Space was very different because it was very, it was much more cerebral in a lot of ways that, that it shouldn't be, but it is. But uh, don't same, you think that he got typecast just like an actor Oh, yeah, of course, of course. You direct yeah. these films yeah. and not anything else right. he probably could have been very good at other stuff oh absolutely but yeah like even the incredible shrinking man is, is a fantastic oh, yeah. movie uh with another very philosophical ending you know stuff like that that uh i feel like his stuff tended to rise above quality wise in elevating material that uh another filmmaker like a like a like myself 
would not do <laughs> quite so well at, um, just because you know it sort of is what it is. But he, he had a tendency to, I think, the films he made uh, that that should just be kind of throwaway junk are not. Right. Um, I think Julie Andrews too mentioned that you know this was a role that you know not a lot of actors really like wanted to take, but the movie ended up you know doing really well and. Uh, you know, it did give her prestige in the end. Oh, yeah. you know, sci-fi yeah. kind of earned its spot later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I didn't know about this movie until I watched it was that it was supposed to be, or it, I think it is, right, 3D? Oh, it yeah. was originally a okay. 3D yeah. film. It was, yeah. uh, it was Universal's probably last gasp at reviving 3D. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the thing about the movie, too, is that the way they shot it, it's it's a fantastic movie to see in 3D. Yeah, they were talking um, about like how nowadays it's hard to imagine what 3D looked like then, but it was actually like right. really, really good. Right, and they had not. people, it's like... Uh, <laughs> You're another, like, well... <laughs> I, I'm slightly colorblind. I oh, cannot okay. watch red-green 3D. Oh. It is always a waste on me other than the headache. I see. So, <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I get the headache without the without experience. Without the experience. So. No, that's it's a, it's a very cool movie. If anyone listening to this gets a chance to ever see it, especially on the big screen in 3D, it's worth it. Okay. Uh, it really is. They're only To me, it feels like, especially modern 3D, it's like you go to a movie and you watch it and it's 3D for all, and and after about 10 minutes you're just watching the movie and forget that it's in 3D. Yeah. That one never really lets you forget it's in 3D. Oh, okay. I feel like those the cinematographers back then paid more attention to keep bringing out like this is why it's in 3D. Right. And those underwater sequences in particular are something else. I mean, yeah. Really. And I'll agree with that. Also, even the new films, the new 3D if it was shot for 3D, yeah. I yeah, really like right. it. If right. it was not shot for 3D, but they Added. made it 3D, yes. yeah. then it's just annoying. Because right. it's just, oh, you're just throwing stuff in front of me, distracting from what right. I'm trying it to watch. It doesn't play into the plot. Exactly. Or it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't support the movie. Well, um, I think for this next part, you know, we'll definitely talk about the actors as well in the film, but um, do you guys kind of want to go around the room and talk about your favorite scenes? Who wants to go first? See, I jumped in as soon as you asked that. I'm like, well, I'm taking this one before anyone says it. It's pretty much the sequence where uh, the creature sees Julie Adams more or less for the first time as she's swimming through, and he's swimming underneath her and mirroring her and reaching out for her, but, you know, not really... It's just there's something about it that is so beautifully done and it's so well shot. And Rico Browning, who's the creature underwater, uh-huh. uh, you know, he's such a great swimmer. He's still alive and he's a great guy. I've seen him at several places uh, and I even got a chance to talk to him. Uh, and he, I don't, I don't it's just that whole, everything about those sequences is, I don't know, again, and the fact that they're shot in 3D and that's, it's I don't know, it's weirdly magical, it's creepy, but it's not, and it's 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 just it's hard to even describe how cool it is. There's a wonderful sensuality yeah. to the scene as he is, you know, mirroring her, looking up at her, and it's just like but he doesn't like go to attack her or right. anything, he's just he's just watching her. And it's just it, there's a very sensuality, it's it's wonderful. Like I I for there's gotta be a part of me that thinks that. Guillermo del Toro saw that. He oh, picked I, up on that and was oh. like, 
That's that's why Shape of Water is what it is. Well, and Shape He's of like, Water would moment. not exist right. if not for creatures. Right. That, that one is more equal because the woman in that film is also interesting. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So it really helps. But it's with like that that, that was the that was the seed that was planted in young Guillermo's brain. Oh, for sure. Where he's like, someday I'm gonna make a fish movie where the gets the girl in that <laughs> swimsuit which has become really iconic because at the time when they made this movie it was a little higher cut mm-hmm. like it seems really conservative now oh, but yeah. um it was a little higher cut than most swimsuits were at the time and also it just looks really good it's like oh, yeah. a really good silhouette and mm-hmm. it's structured really well you know it was made just for the film yeah yeah they didn't yeah. want anything that was common and out uh, there they wanted a special swimsuit just for her right I mean, it, it worked, because it, it makes it to where when people think of this movie, they automatically think of, like, yeah. this, the creature and then her swimsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Michael? You had another favorite? It, my favorite scene in it uh, is his. Right. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> he stole it. So. Since I, he already Same took that one. But is the, it's a really small scene in it where someone flicks a cigarette off the boat, and it goes floating through the water, and you see the creature watching this yeah. happen. And it's so far ahead of its time. It's an environmental message that they are coming in and destroying his lagoon by throwing trash into it. Mm-hmm. And you watch the creature look at this, go in. It's like, and you see, yeah, I'd be upset too. Yeah. <laughs> this is my perfect lagoon. And here you are throwing cigarette butts in it. And God knows what else. And then later on in the film, they, they drop the poison to kill him, which kills all the fish in the lagoon. And this is a... 1954? Sure, yeah. This is a very environmental message that they're putting out. And I love that about it. It's like, you were so far ahead of your time. Mm -hmm. Even him being hunted, you know, and the other uh, scientists point out, like, hey, we should really be studying him. He didn't actually do anything wrong. Let's figure this out. And the other guy is the bad guy. The guy that wants to kill him is the bad guy, which in a lot of movies, they're not the bad guy, right? Like in Jaws, you know, they're not... The characters aren't demonized. Particularly, too, when you you think of uh, that era where a lot of scientists uh, often could were taken as as bad guys because they're you know science run amok and (laughs) you're playing God. How dare you? You know where it's like no no no. So that's the thing I think that is great though about the fifties is like for as many of the sort of mad scientists and the you know science run amok and radiation creates everything. Scientists as heroes was, you know, very much that era. There were a lot of scientist heroes, which I feel is very much lacking in modern films. That's a good point. I, I also thought, too, um, the the main female character, uh, Julie Adams, who plays Kay Lawrence, I was surprised at how forward-thinking her character was. You know, there's scenes where she says things like, I want to go underwater with you guys, too, yeah, yeah. which is also a clue that later she'll end up getting dragged underwater, right. so it's kind of a double <laughs> meaning. But um, she keeps asserting herself throughout the film, and she's a scientist. And I think, like, now that seems kind of dated, but back then, you know, in the 50s, women are starting to enter the workforce mm-hmm. in a really big way, and things are changing. And so I think movies are sort of reflecting and anticipating where this is going. Later, the scientists and the, the female scientists in the eighties becomes a different character. Yeah, um, her, but yeah, it's you know, it's but, very far advanced in its thought and thinking. Yeah. at the time, and probably a film like this is the only place you could do it. Exactly. If it was a so serious yeah. film, they wouldn't let you get away with it. But yeah, yeah, whatever you want to do, you're making the monster movie. Maybe you do and ditch the broad. You know, yeah, that kind of thing, right. <laughs> yeah, she survived somehow. Right. But, um, 
Yeah, so I didn't have like a specific scene because you guys kind of took the two top scenes. <laughs> um, but I've been watching this show, Doom Patrol. Do you guys watch that? I have not watched it. Okay. I have not caught it. It's on uh, uh, the DC streaming app. That's and why I have not caught it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I own and almost never watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a character uh, named Rita. And I noticed when I was watching this movie, you know, that's the name of the ship. And her character's origin is that she was an actress in the 50s. Yeah. And she was doing a film very much like The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, cool. She falls into the water. Something happens to her where she becomes like this. She has this power where she's like a becomes like a blob, gelatinous lady. And she has to, like, concentrate to hold her shape. Anyways, mm. her name's Rita. And so when I was watching this, I was like, oh. So that's uh -huh. more like younger person yep. coming in too late i think there's there's one other thing that i really like uh you know scene wise but it's not really a scene so much as just really just a moment is when you see the creature's hand come out yeah onto the shore sort of really for the first time mm -hmm. and you really get a good glimpse of it it's a cool little moment of just like uh oh stuff's yeah. gonna get real you know what I mean? is so, that where it goes for uh for k's leg or is this is that like no? I think it's just the it oh, okay. just comes sort of comes up right okay. when he's first yeah yeah right yeah it's it's really early it's on. your first real good glimpse of glimpse yeah. of the creature period. and it's such yeah. a cool like it's just the whole design of the co of the costume is it looks so really cool. good like, it, even surprised. by modern standards yeah. it, it still looks fantastic today. yeah I think yeah. so. and a lot of those don't you know I mean yeah <laughs> uh, a lot of them just look like cheesy bug eyed monsters whereas this actually looks like. You know, a possible evolution of a now, fish man. You know? I, I know I, I loaned you the three-disc set with all three movies. Did you yeah. watch any of the others? I didn't watch the other two, but I watched a lot of the behind-the-scenes. The, hey, look, your the other creature Patreon has arrived. Yeah. The creature Hello, doesn't Joseph, hold up George. as well hey, through the sequels. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like anything. It, goes it kind down, of goes down. down well, it's like the third yeah. one, he's just wearing a suit. Yeah, they yeah, wanted, yeah. yeah. It's like they're just like, yeah, here's the zipper. Although, in its defense, the first one is... Really iconic. The second one is not a terrible movie. Mm -hmm. uh, it just it becomes a little more. You've already seen. Yeah, the it's big a little sequelitis. Yeah. They're trying to put them in a new place, and there are moments in the second one yeah, yeah. that you're like, you really start to feel for the character of the the, the creature, the creature uh, because you know they put him in a zoo, you know, and so it's like it becomes like. By the third one, it's pretty freaking ridiculous, but <laughs> but it has an amazing ending. Okay. Okay, so, I will watch them. The ending to the, the third one is, the third is one really... Is, is, we don't want to spoil it. No, it's but wonderful. Oh, okay. It's like all... you got to fight through it, but once you get there, you're like, oh my... Okay, they went there. Cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it kind of redeems it. Uh, and, 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 and yet, at the same time, we see the same shot again, again, and again. <laughs> There's, you know, old movies, they would use shots uh, several times. And right. <laughs> they use the same shot in every movie, actually. Um, and I won't tell you, but at the end, they use basically kind of the same shot. I see. And it's just, it's weird, uh, because it doesn't necessarily fit, but it's the 50s, so reuse what you can. Film's expensive. Pretty much. Uh, do you guys have, like, a favorite? I feel like there's quite a few, like, fun death scenes where the creature gets somebody. Um, do you guys have, like, a favorite death scene? My favorite is the first one, with the, uh, the, the native, native guys. In the tent? Oh, yeah. 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 And that would be my favorite death scene. I I probably have to go with that one too, honestly. I mean the It's the first one. Yeah, and you really and it, it really sets you up for like this creature is dangerous. Yeah. He can kill you. And yeah. he will kill you. Well the thing too is that it sets up that, you know, a lot of those uh fifties monsters tend to be plotting and slow because, you know, the guy in the 
suit going boom, so quickly, big, and yeah. <laughs> you know they always catch up. I even make fun of them. My first movie, The Monster Phantom Lake, the monster moves crazy slow, but he always catches up at the worst possible moment. Uh, whereas this one, the creature actually seems, like you said, dangerous. I mean, he it's moves, he moves fast, and yeah. and you know it's pretty clear that you, you don't mess with the creature. He'll he'll take you out. But it really sets you up for. This is a yeah, dangerous yeah. creature, and and it and it brings in sort of the animalistic side of it, where it's not just like a dude who got turned into an alligator or something. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the Alligator People, which is a terrible movie that should. <laughs> well, I thought uh, you were talking about your next film. No, but <laughs> you know it's already been done. Um, but no, where it's just it's it's not particularly scary. Whereas this, it actually adds some. Like I can imagine. Uh, I mean, even I remember as a kid, like finding it scarier than most of the movies I would watch with my dad because a lot of them are just cheesy and easy to laugh at. This one is kind of, I don't know, harder. You can't really, it's not funny in the way that you look at some of those cheesy old movies and you're just like, ha, this is so bad, it's awesome. This one you're like, no, that's actually, it's a very good movie. I would say just from watching it for the first time, I would say it's it's a lot in the reaction from the actors. I feel like they seem really afraid. Yeah. And uh, they seem to take it seriously. They also... I think when, when the really fast scenes, they don't always show the monster. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of anticipating. The monster doesn't like the light. You know? Yeah, no. yeah. Or like, you know, Kay tries to go into her room and uh, uh, Mark, will, Mark you know, stops her and is like, don't go in there. You don't want to see like yeah. what's in there. Um, and I think, or I'm sorry, David. Oh, I think yeah. David is the, the good guy, yeah. Um, but um, she's, he stops her from going in there. And I think that builds a lot of tension of, you know, so this is really your lost. first time watching it, what, the last week? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Great. No, that, <laughs> no, that is such a great perspective. Yeah. You have somebody who's never seen this before. Where I kind of grew up with it. You grew up yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's I can tell take... you the first time I saw it, it's like, yeah, sometime on TV and then probably another 20 times on TV that I watched it. So. Yeah, I feel like this genre is one that, you know, not my parents didn't necessarily exposed me to it wasn't what I grew up watching yeah and so I kind of just missed it you know mm-hmm. whereas like my husband Nick saw it you know a few times hi Nick and so hi um and <laughs> so you know it's like we have those for you Lucy at home Nick is here he's here he's he's watching <laughs> he was supposed to be on this panel yeah <laughs> we took a spot according to yes um did you guys have any other like facts or things that you kind of wanted to throw in I feel like we're Steaming through it. No, not really. I mean, it's just um, the one thing about this in particular that I always just like to bring up, and I've sort of talked about it a couple times already, is just that there's a reason why this movie in particular is considered one of the best of that era, you know? Um, I mean, all the little things we talked about, the the costume, the acting in it is fantastic. I do it is think really good. Uh, they got good actors. You know, Richard mm-hmm. Carlson was not like a bad actor. Right. Any stretch of the imagination, you know. Uh, Julie Adams is good. I mean, and their reactions were honest. I, and I think that some of that comes with the, the direction as well. Um, where, you know, some of some of these old movies, especially when you had uh, these, I mean, it's, it's, you can only act so far before when you're looking at some of these monsters or yeah. some situations where it's <laughs> sure. like, okay, I'm trying my best. Uh, or, you know, but this one has sort of a pedigree behind it that it really comes through, that it's just a, it's just a quality film, regardless of the fact that it's old and black and white. I, you know, I, I don't know. And, and we mentioned it's it's the last of the great universal. It monsters. really is. I mean, and this is a tradition that starts with Dracula in like what thirty three? Uh, no, Fra- probably Frankenstein first. Uh, thirty one. 
83, so. somewhere. Then Dracula, the mummy, the universal monsters were the standard for horror. Yeah. And had really kind of fallen out, like we talked about. They become jokes for Abbott Costello. Yeah. Then this is the last great universal monster yeah. to show up. It's like Creature from the Black Lagoon. This is a standard. This is... And it... It stands up next to Frankenstein. It stands oh, yeah. up next to oh, yeah. the Wolfman. It stands up next to any of them. And the pathos that you have for the creature mm-hmm. yeah. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Which was the great thing about Frankenstein. You know, the, yeah. the, the very you know, very early on, it's like you felt for the monster. Right. And that's, it's a wonderful thing. That's what makes Universal Monsters great. I, I, and this is the last great Universal yes. Monster where you feel for the creature. When they're throwing a cigarette butt in his thing, when it, things going on, it's like he's the guy being victimized, yeah. not the humans. And I think uh, one of the things that has helped this movie is that no one has ever tried to remake it. Yeah, I think the closest that you could come was is Shape of Water. Was Shape of yeah. Water, and which really, feels more like a tribute. To really, it, I do right? feel like I think, uh, I think uh, although yeah, Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, but Abe ways. is obviously a tribute to right. the creature. But no yeah. one's, you know, they haven't actually gone back and, and just remade the movie. I mean, how many Frankenstein films have there been? Or Dracula. Or Dracula, or yeah. even, uh, you know, werewolf movies, Wolfman. You know, I mean, it's like, this one, I don't know. It's, I just, I feel like you haven't, it hasn't been sullied by people trying to reinterpret it. You know I what I mean? some of that might have to do with the fact that it's underwater, and I feel like a lot of people don't, you know, directors and studios, it's like, oh, that's going to be so expensive. Yeah, because underwater films never work like Jaws. But, uh, no. It could easily For every Jaws, been, there's a water world. But, yeah, you'd have yeah. to do it so well. Oh, Seriously. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But there's three or four of them. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few. I just, I think, I think it's one of those things you just don't want to I don't know, it, it's, it's perfect to a certain extent. In It's it's of the era. Uh, it's, again, head and shoulders. The, the, the creature design is so... I don't know, it's literally just head and shoulders above every other thing, and that's why it, it, it just... It's still cool now. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's so detailed, and it's so cool. It's and so it's just, clear. And yeah. it's remastered really Two well. Two actors playing the creature. Yeah. One for the water scenes, one for the land scenes. Yeah. I think that was probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and what Ben Chapman, who does the out of this stuff, was he's what he like six inches taller than Rico Browning <laughs> or something like that, and I think Ben Chapman almost died a couple times on on there when he just because of the, the the suit, but yeah. uh, I don't know. It's just it's impressive too that it. I think what also is impressive about the suit in particular is that it's designed so well that. Uh, you can totally see when it's you can you can imagine it's swimming, right? Right, like uh, the underwater scenes don't look bad. Or no, it seem no, like they're not trying to show you the suit, right? Or right, you know, and You're and just it, seeing a hand or something right, like and that. and so the sort of on land stuff and the water stuff actually makes sense, you know. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another monster where they're like, okay, well, we need this monster to not only walk on land but also swim. I can't think of. I mean, just the the sort of engineering feat of that is pretty impressive i know it's two suits but still it's like it looks real it yeah. looks right that and actually I think makes they some really sense. he's more comfortable in the water yeah he moves yeah. so much yeah. more fluid that he does on land yeah. that just makes perfect sense yeah. for that monster in the behind the scenes they talked a little bit about uh richard carlson's character david 
um, and how, you know, a lot of scientists were, like you said, they portrayed them as, like, mad scientists. Right. They're older, and he was, like, a younger, handsome, more approachable scientist, and it kind of, I mean, that ended up being a, a role that he played a lot, right, yeah. after that. And that kind of just, that was a, another change in that movie of, like, hey, a scientist could be, you know, not... Uh, out there. Right. He doesn't have to be Dr. Frankenstein. Right. He can right. be someone doing something for good. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's a there's a handful of actors who appeared a lot of the genre films of the 50s, uh, and there was a there was definitely a handful of them that were better than sort of a lot of the material they got. Uh, <laughs> Richard Carlson is definitely one of them. Uh, and I know uh, or uh, was a Richard uh, Richard Denning who's also mm-hmm. in it. He's another one who is sort of rose above it. Uh, you know, John Agar is another sort of face you see in a lot of those movies. But John, and he's right, and he's in the sequel. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like the the, the Creature series kind of got a lot of the the sort of the better, pool, more yeah. well-known of that actor <laughs> pool. Uh, I think Richard Carlson's probably above John Agar, but John Agar is one of those faces that he was more or less himself. He, he was one of those, he was the George Clooney of his day, you know. <laughs> Whatever he was in, he was still him. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what I always thought of George Clooney is that whenever he's in it, it's like you can't, he can't lose himself in the role uh, right. so much. But yeah, I think that's um, accurate. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, they they tended to get decent actors who got stuck. I mean, Richard Carlson was in um, It Came From Outer Space, which is another one uh, he made, uh, and he's great in that. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think now it's time to turn the floor over to our listeners. Um, do you guys have any questions you want to, Eric, I'm going to give you the mic. Well, I think you mentioned it once, but I'm going to say, talk about the music by Henry Mancini. Uncredited. Who created the universal shock chords that just kept getting used over and over again. You know, uh, what's funny about, and this is another thing about, about creature too, is that, you know, the, the music obviously said, you know, a lot of the music used in movies in that era, you can't tell the difference from one movie to the next. You could literally, and I've done this on some of the public domain stuff, uh, you literally can mix multiple movies together and there's no difference. You just got to find moments in the passages that work, you know? Um, and I feel like this one ends up being a little a little higher end. It just, it, it you can tell why, right? Uh, but... There is that uh, that monster theme mm-hmm. that the studio insisted. Yeah. Every time you see the monster, you're <laughs> going to hear this. <laughs> and it, it, it's there. And it's a little overbearing. Well, but that's that, they, that's the that studio era, insisted, though. No, you're you know? going to use this music every that's time. That's that era of there. Just those, those big, yeah. 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 But I... But I, but I love that, you know? I love the the... the I don't know the, the the feel of that music that uh, over the top. Of the, I think the, the it's big. a little overdone. Personally, yeah. that's my <laughs> like my it. opinion. But it's like no, it's great. Yeah, here's yeah. the monster. Give him a theme, just like Jaws. Give him a theme. But it's like every time it's like this is all we well, can hear is bar, 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 bar. how how else are you gonna know the monsters around? I mean, oh, come I, on. I saw him on the screen. Uh, <laughs> I think what you're saying though, uh, Christopher, is that in retrospect it becomes nostalgic. Like yeah. it sort of takes on like I, yeah. I totally hear what you're saying. It is repetitive. But I think like in ret- you know, now when you go back and look at it, it becomes a hallmark of that era. It's kinda like watching any movie of its time. There's certain things that you're like you know, that's an 80s movie. That's a 60s movie. Well, absolutely. You know? yeah. But the question becomes then, uh, as I'm looking out at Mr. George's 
shirt with Star Wars on it, do you think 50 years from now kids will be watching that and be like, my God, did they, did they have to play that every time we see Darth Vader? <laughs> I mean, come on. We get it. It's Darth oh, okay. Vader. Yeah, I, I get it, but I think it's overdone in this film. It, oh, I mean, it actually gets to me. I, I guess. Guns. I guess. And you know how forgiving I am of films. I'm a big fan of yours. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, that's, yeah, I like yeah. to overuse things, if nothing else. Someone cut that out, please. No, don't. Uh, don't. <laughs> He's just telling the truth, folks. It's, it's on record now. It's on record. You also got the great Rick Bissell and his first of many scientists. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Who I remembered from. Uh, What'd you say his, his name uh, was? Whit Bissell. Whit Bissell. Okay. Uh, I agree with Jeannie. Okay. But no, the, the TV series wasn't he the? the... Time oh, that's right. He was a time tunnel. Yes. The Wonderful. Time tunnel. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of westerns and film noir too, but science fiction parts. He's also an invasion of the body snatchers. He's a monster on the campus, another Jack Horner Universal. I like that movie. That's not a terrible movie. Well, you know, that's what compressors are for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> expanders. Uh, no, Monster on the Campus is a good one, too. Uh, just the, the thing with the, the oversized dragonfly is still one of the cooler that's things. That's the most unique way for someone to turn it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... Or people in what? <laughs> mole people's not terrible. I mean, but, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I do like tarantula, though. I think tarantula. You just heard mole people is not terrible. Just yeah. put that on tape. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not terrible. Well, I does, don't hate it. <laughs> That's the, the Minnesota way of saying I, li I like something. It's not like, awful. It's not awful. It's it's fine. I don't hate it. This is fine. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts or questions? Did you ever meet Julie Adams? She just died. Like I never got a chance, unfortunately. Um, I think she was at a convention. I was at once, but I never got a chance to meet her. Um, um, maybe five years, five or six years ago. It was about a, I've, I've been doing this show for about four years, so I probably just missed it. <laughs> um, okay, guys. Well, I think we are towards the end of our time. Already? Maybe it's time it for... It goes too fast. It does. Uh, maybe it's time for some plugs, though. Um, sure. Go ahead, Chris. What do you got go going first. on, Lisa? Oh, me? Uh, this. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool, cool. By the time you hear this, we'll have already done our second panel, which will be Saturday at 11. We're going to be talking about them. But I guess listening, you know, that episode's coming, so that's something to look forward to. I like them. There that's you go. That's a good movie. I like and them. Lisa does... I love this movie podcast, which obviously you know you're listening. Yeah. I would hope you'd know isn't that. Isn't it you in? Uh, but isn't it one of, it's your favorite podcast. It actually is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just in case Derek of Monster I know, Kid Radio I know. Oh, oh, okay, yes. yes. <laughs> and see, the thing careful. is, there's a, there's a very good chance he will listen because he's a huge Creature fan. Nice. Um, these are my two favorites. Good. I, I don't make put one over the other, but uh, they're my two favorites. Next to my own called The Mimiversal. No, yeah, go. It's time for uh, plugs. So this is your. So yeah, uh, that's all you got. We're good. I don't want to step on your your no, toes. No, you're good. Okay, you're good. yeah. You want more? Okay. I mean, you don't have to keep rubbing it in, but I. No, don't no. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. So yeah, I make movies. Uh, I'm currently in uh, just about to release a new one called the uh, the Phantom Lake Kids in the Beast Walks Among Us, which Yay. is a reference to the Creature Walks Among Us, uh, and that'll be out in uh, April. Uh, by the time you listen to this, depending on when they do, it may be out. Check it out. Uh, and I'm filming another one now called That Which Lurks in the Dark, which should be... It's coming along. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I made a mistake of, of shooting it all handheld and my camera's a little heavy, so I keep having backaches as a result. Um, <laughs> gonna be worth it. Gonna be worth it. Um, and then I'm working on a Mimiverse Christmas special. Oh, nice. Um, well, it's, it's a holiday special, and that's why like people can't hear it on the, can't obviously hear this on the, uh, the podcast, but I have a giant white beard right now because I'll be Santa. <laughs> so if anyone's going to be Santa, it's got to be me. There you go. I mean, I'm, I've been rocking the Santa bod for a while now, so... <laughs> <laughs> I got the I got the beard to match. Uh, so there's that. Uh, people can just check out my my catalog on Amazon uh, Prime while it lasts. It's not going to be there forever because Amazon keeps taking my stupid movies away, and I make two cents an hour sometimes, um, maybe a cent an hour, sometimes maybe three, but usually Ooh. just a cent. Um, uh, on top of that, I have a new Mimiverse Roku channel called Drive-In Monsters that has my entire catalog on there if you want to check it out. And we're working on some things that are going to be specific to the Roku channel, including a, a TV series we're working out, um, and just other stuff that I'm going to end up putting on there eventually. So a lot of that's going on. Uh, I guess check me out on social media. Find my cat on Instagram. All the um, social medias. All the medias. Uh, and find me on my website at sayeuphoria.com and buy physical media because streaming sucks. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Okay, Michael, do you have anything uh, to plug? I have nothing to plug at all. You can plug uh, my stuff. What, so yeah, what, I, what I do is I plug his yeah. stuff, and that's pretty much my purpose in life. Um, no, no, check out his Roku channel. Check out all of it. It's lots of fun. You can find me on Facebook at michaelcross.com if you want to complain about anything I've said. Um, <laughs> You're open for that? Yeah, I, I, wow. Bring complain it away. I, I Let's really, do this. I really me, don't care. It's like if you complain, <laughs> I'll probably have some expletive for you and we'll move on. But um, <laughs> thank you, whoever applauded there. <laughs> uh, no, watch these movies. They're fun. Yeah. They're great. I found them several years ago and just looked you up on Facebook yeah. and went, this was great. I love this movie. I think, you <laughs> I think you contacted me too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I looked you, you up and the... then went, Messenger, hi, just watched your movie, loved it. And all of a sudden, he answered, great, I'm talking to a director. And then the first thing he says, like, you know anyone at Alamo down there? <laughs> like, oh, I know how to leverage. Fact, I, know I do, leverage. and it just took me a couple of phone calls, and it's like, this is the guy you talk to, yeah. and we started doing screenings. Yeah. I mean, you were one of the least creepy people to ever just be like, hi, how are you? I feel so I like honored as being one of the least creepy. That's, that's what well, I'm you're in the I'm middle. I'm second least you're creepy, in the middle. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, that is not creepy. So now, now less <laughs> creepy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So now, now the joke convincing. is he's my Colonel Tom Parker, and we're... we're when are the fittings for the jumpsuits? We're yeah, going, yeah. We're going full fat Elvis. Well, no, well, well, this one, it was like, I want him to wear the black suit for House of Ghosts. So yep. I'm going, no, I'm your Brian Epstein right now. Wear the suit. Wear the suit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then later on, I'm going to get him in jumpsuits and doing old lady songs. It'll be fun. Well, I guess to kind of wrap that up. pays the bills. <laughs> there you go. Vivo. Oh, yeah, you she's be like, sold. Yeah. Let's wrap it no, up you're good. now. Yeah, <laughs> Before I start throwing in songs that you'll have to pay the royalties for. Right. I'm Las Vegas. Sorry. Only 10 seconds. You posed a good point that Christopher comes down here a lot and has Alamo Draft House screenings. So uh, I think you guys have a group, too, the DFW yep. fans. DFW yes. fans. So, Join that, and um, there's also a new group that's just called the Mimiverse Group that yeah. I just started. No, that's, that's a secret group. That's, you have to invite. Oh, that's right. I have to invite you. Uh, you, you. Do you want to invite that. me? 
you know, send me a message. Aww. Don't be creepy. Don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> I may make it. I may make it public. I think it just started off as private. I, I would prefer to be public, and that's for discussing yeah, stuff. Your but sure. although people seem to like that, it's a secret society apparently. So. Yeah, we felt special, but now you've yeah. made it clear. That yeah, yeah, now we're not soon special to be public. At all. No, <laughs> cut that out. It's a private group only for people who are cool who get it. <laughs> and the only people who listen to I love that movie are cool, so you're invited. Right. Yes, that's been established. Yeah. Very yeah. Lee group. You've done a lot. You've done a lot, I think, for helping get the word out. Uh, oh, good. I'm you so know, glad. I love know. your showings. They're so fun, and they're usually five bucks. And right. And that five dollars goes as a credit after whatever you order at yeah, Alamo. So, so there's it's like really no reason free. not to show. And it's really. like super really? fun, and people yeah. dress up. That's kind of yes. yeah. All right, guys. Thank you.